Every morning in the jungle, a gazelle wakes up. It knows it must run faster than the fastest lion, or it'll get eaten. Every morning, a lion wakes up. It knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle, or it will starve. It doesn't matter whether you're a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano and just outside of what you might expect. Maybe you made a resolution for 2017 to get up early or start your day with a workout or time for reflection. You've read articles about the 10 things highly successful people do every morning or morning routines of billionaires. So all those stories got us wondering, who's up early in Plano and what are they doing while the rest of us snooze? We got in the car one morning before the crack of dawn to investigate. Oh my God, it is 4.30 in the morning. It's so quiet. There are no lawnmowers roaring outside. It's too late for the crickets and too early for the birds. And the great blessing of the early morning, there are almost no cars on the road. Driving around the streets of Plano this morning, the houses are dark. But wait, there's a light in the window right over there. It's the home of Mayor Harry LaRosselier. He's up every day by 4.45 in the morning, starting his day, asking himself empowering questions like, what's the one thing I can do today to improve Plano? We won't interrupt Mayor Harry's meditation, but let's head on over to the home of another Plano early riser, Leslie Baker, the Director of Marketing for the Texas Health Center for Diagnostics and Surgery in Plano. Hey, Leslie, Hi. how's it going? Hey, you're, you're chipper in the morning. I've been up for at least 35 minutes. It was not hard at all to get up this morning. I actually went to bed a little bit early last night, so a little bit before 10. I've already brewed my coffee, and as you can tell, I've got my running gear on. Um, I'll leave the house probably about 15 minutes to, to meet my running group. But I've already had my coffee this morning and I've already read the paper. I'm just, I'm not ready to, to get out there and get the day going. So Mary, do you want to, do you want to go run? No. With <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta carry to go to our next stop. I, we need okay. to go to our next stop. You know, one of these days, ladies, I'm going to get you up really early and go run with me because you're going to feel so good after you get it done. I'll never keep up with you. You just got to try it a couple times. You'll love it. Thanks for letting us in. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Leslie says that morning time keeps her healthy and focused during the long day. I feel great every day that I do get up and, and exercise. You get it done and over with. For years, Leslie's been running with a group of women that meets every morning at 5.30 a.m. And by 6.30, they've covered six miles and a lot of conversational territory. 
We talk about everything. We talk about politics, which sometimes can get a little bit heated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk we talk a lot about religion. We talk a lot about TV shows. We talk about what's going on in the city. We talk about our families, what our kids are doing. We talk about health. We talk about why the fact that we get up so darn early. <laughs> so a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. And it's, it is really our bonding time together. Let's get back in the car and head south on the tollway near Park Boulevard. The Target store there is dark and the parking lot is empty. But there's a cluster of cars in front of Orange Theory Fitness. Like Leslie Baker, these Plano early risers are up to get their workout done. Okay, 29, 30, 31, 32. There are 32 early risers here for the 5 a.m. workout, led by coach Gina Nate. It's a vigorous workout, and there's always a waiting list for spots in the class. So who's crazy enough to show up for this beating at five in the morning? I'd say the bulk are in healthcare, or teachers, lawyers. There's quite a few people. In fact, I believe in this morning's workout, 5 a.m., uh, we had 32. There are a lot of people that come and work out early. In fact, um, some of the other Orange Theory locations, their first class is actually 4.30. Ours is a little bit later because we were the first studio, and so we did the 5 a.m. schedule, but all of the new studios actually do 4.30. Every one of my classes, they're full. We're not messing around today. We're just getting right to it. Gina has her early rising routine down to a science. Actually, I have three alarms set. Alarm number one goes off at 3.33. Next one goes off at 3.36. Next one at 3.39, just to be safe. And I hit snooze on the first one only. 3.41 is when I get out of bed, get my coffee going. I force myself to eat a little um, whole grain peanut butter sandwich. We'll let Gina get back to class. And now we're headed over to downtown Plano. We're just in time for the 601 dart rail to pull into downtown Plano Station. It's headed south for Dallas and full of bleary-eyed commuters. It's not the earliest train by a long shot. The first red line headed downtown left at 4.23 a.m. Downtown is still sleepy and there are plenty of parking places. Except you can start to smell coffee brewing. You can start to smell pastries baking. The lights are on at Angela's at the crosswalk, but the diner doesn't open for another hour. And the barista has been up since 5 a.m. at the 1418 Coffee House, but won't be open till 7. Next, we hustle to the center of Plano, to the city's sanitation service center on Plano Parkway. We're trying to get there in time to catch the guys before they start their runs for the day. The long line of red taillights are glowing in the dark as the city's fleet of trash collection trucks are starting to warm up. Each one of those trucks is about $200,000 to $290,000 a piece. So the sight and the sound this morning is impressive. It's 6.30 and they're getting ready to roll. My name is uh, James Jackson. I work for the city of Plano. I drive a 2013 Rabbit Rail truck. My title is route driver. I get up, say about 4.15 every morning. I've been doing that over over 25 years. I normally 
get her about 5.30 and uh, start my truck up, give it a chance to, to warm up and uh, make sure our packer systems are working fine, the engine's warm, the arm is warmed up, so we can uh, start our day by 7 o'clock. James loves early mornings when he has the roads to himself. No one's out there. Hardly anybody's there. While we're talking, James' phone beeps. It's time for him to get on the road. Once the trucks start rolling, each will cover about 150 homes an hour, making fast work of collecting Plano's trash. So now we'll head back to the west side of town, back to the tollway and the offices of Cigna, where we meet up with another Plano early riser. Lamont Thomas, I'm market president for Cigna North Texas in Oklahoma. By the time he arrives at work at 8.30 every morning, Lamont has been up for at least three hours. He's been arising at 5.30 in the morning ever since he was eight years old. Typically, my morning starts about 5.30, and I wake up, and you know, the older I've gotten, I really wake up and say, thank God I'm waking up this morning, and then I check to make sure everything is working, hands, feet. So it's really, so it starts off that really from a meditation standpoint, thinking that I had another day, another opportunity to get up and do what I like to do, and that's my job, and also also serve God in, in, in some way, a meaningful way for that day. And then it begins when, an ex- when my exercise, and really now that I've gotten older, really focused on what it means to be physically healthy in order to do the other things that the job depends on me to do, my family depends on me, and to be the best me really starts with exercise. It's really started with, as a child, going out and beating everyone out to shovel the neighborhood's driveways. So growing up in St. Louis, when you snow, you can only get paid. Early bird catch the worm. The earlier you got up, you got out there and you knocked on the doors before your buddies got out there and you were the first one out made the most money. So really driven by that to get up early. And also being raised by a single parent who had six kids, before, that's usually the time I had to get to spend with my mother before she went out to work. I got to spend some quality time with my mother just talking to her and spending less stressful time for her, just hanging out, you know, watching her make her coffee, drink her coffee, and just talking about my day and her day. So it really has driven me to be that time being reflective in the morning, prioritizing what I need to do for the week, dreaming about that retirement day when I don't have an agenda, I can just get up and do as I please for the whole day instead of just that morning time. Getting up early is part of who I am. If I'm in bed beyond 7 o'clock, my family gets concerned. As we continue our early morning tour of Plano, we pass St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church, where a small group of devoted worshipers has gathered for the 6.30 in the morning Mass. We go by a couple of cyclists on Parkwood, bedecked in flashing LEDs. So we're wondering, why do they do it? Why do they get up so early? And what does it do for them? Each of our early risers had a different answer. For Mayor Harry, it's time to work out, meditate, journal, and to complete one small task. It's his way of making sure that the day so far feels like a success. For Gina Nate, Teaching the early morning classes at Orange Theory Fitness allows her to have two jobs. My second job is a real estate agent with Nathan Grace. The biggest benefit for myself is the fact that I can have another life in addition to being a coach at Orange Theory. So I have a passion for that. I can get that done. I'm done with Orange Theory by 9.30 in the morning. 
And then I have the rest of my day. Being a small business owner, you know, I can schedule that however I want. It's beautiful, actually. For Leslie Baker, early mornings give her valuable time with friends. I had a girlfriend that kept mentioning to me she was part of this fun running group. And it was all women. And they would talk about just, you know, everything on their morning runs. And she said, come join us. And so one morning I did and met the most fabulous women. And the conversations were terrific, enlightening. And we had women who were some, you know, were Catholic, some were Jewish, some were Muslim. And it was just an interesting group of women. And that's what really got me started on early morning routine. Leslie says the habit may have come from watching her own father arise early every day. You know, it's so interesting. My father, who today, it still gets up early. My father is 89 years old, still gets up at 5 a.m. every morning, doesn't exercise, but he gets up and he had, he always liked his, his time to himself to fix himself breakfast and, of course, to read the paper. I think that's where I get my paper fix from. Um, But he always got up early, and we always thought he was crazy. Um, But for some reason, we just, my elder sister and I, she's an early morning runner, too. We just got into running, but we both are, are busy people, and the mornings just work for us. But it doesn't look like the habit is getting passed down to her kids yet. They think I'm crazy. They think I'm an idiot, first of all, for exercising and then getting up so early. Lamont Thomas is convinced that his early morning time spent reflecting and planning the day ahead has given him a competitive edge in his career. It really helps you settle in, spend that time and really prepare you for, you know, going out on stage. I just would liken it to really going out on stage and ready to perform. It really allows me to focus clearly and really structure, you know, think about, you know, the old added, if you, you know, plan your work, work your plan. So really kind of focused on that. What's planning out the day? How does this fit in? Where can I, you know, looking back on the day before, what can I do differently to improve upon, um, you know, whatever the results that were achieved or to get stay focused on the agenda that I've set for the day, realizing there's distractions, but we can't let that take us completely off course. We have to adjust and really get back on our goals that we've set and focus on those goals and work through some of the distractions, but really spend the time of, again, building your plan and working, then working your plan. As to why James Jackson is up so early, we had a dumb question. Why is trash always collected first thing in the morning? We do it for various reasons. because we try to get the trucks off the road as soon as possible. The sooner we get it up, the sooner we can go home. Starting work early also means he's part of the morning routine of the folks in the neighborhoods he serves. We get to meet some of the residents. You know, we get to speak with them. They normally say, hey, James, how you doing? We'll wave at them. One of those neighbors became James' biggest fan a two-year-old fellow named Lance, who greeted him every morning when James' truck passed his home. Last Halloween, Lance dressed up in a costume complete with his own pint-sized recycling cart fashioned by his parents. I saw him when he was a little kid, and then uh, 
I saw the where the mom and the, the dad and the grandmother, they would bring him out. And I just saw him grow up. The question I had for everyone was, by mid-afternoon, aren't you getting sleepy? Most said no, but Gina Nate has become an expert power napper. Well, I think because of my um, constant state of sleep deprivation, I'm pretty good at a power nap. <laughs> I set my alarm on my phone for 25 minutes. That gives me a five-minute buffer to fall asleep, which I can do pretty quickly. So I set an alarm on my phone, and at 25 minutes, I wake up, and I am ready to go for the rest of the day. By 7 a.m., dawn starts to break, carving a gash of light on Plano's broad Texas horizon. At this hour, the rest of us are beginning to start our days. The joggers start pounding the pavement. The lights flicker on in the houses. And soon, the traffic is dense and slow. But those who've already been up for hours say they're grateful for the uninterrupted time they've had to get a jump on the day and tend to body and soul. It's the quiet times before everyone else starts grabbing your time. Time of day before the burden of life gets on you and you start interacting with folks, traffic and all those things that create stress for you. Whether you have a few minutes by yourself or you're out running, I also think that you, it, it's, it's a great way to, to give thanks for the day and be, and be grateful that, you know, we're here on this earth and we're able to, to find that little piece of time that we get to do something we enjoy. And with that, we've reached the end of our time with some Plano early rising characters. Now we've got a dilemma. We've been up since 4.30 in the morning. Mary, is it nap time or time to grab an espresso shot? Actually, both. What we need to do now is to take a coffee nap. What's a coffee nap? Okay, you drink your coffee probably very fast. You lay down, you sleep for 20 minutes or less, and scientists agree you will be ready to go. No way. All right, so we're doing that. It's a coffee nap. Coffee nap for Mary and <laughs> Stay with us now for our wrap-up, where we give you a peek behind the scenes with myself, producer Mary Jacobs, and a special guest. After all... What's the coolest little on-air join in Plano without sharing a little back corner booth discussion among friends? Well, Mary's in New York and she's here in spirit. She gave me some questions to ask in today's wrap up. But what I think is she's probably hiding out in her house recovering from the 4.30 a.m. interviews. Our guest today... Peter Donovan, managing partner of Top Gun Ventures, a boutique retained executive search firm based here in Plano, uh, opposite Mexican Sugar, and uh, we're global. So we have offices, five offices across the U.S., and about 30% of our work is international. You don't have a Plano accent. I would say East Plano, about 2,000 miles across the ocean, little place called England. I've been here 21 years. I'd really love to hear your perspective, you know, based on what you've just heard. The trade-off is if they didn't get up early, they wouldn't do whatever that activity was. So what is the cost of that? And typically it's not work-related. The things they get up early for are family, things they personally like. And so I think if they couldn't do that each week, if, if the family or themselves lost out, eventually that would take a toll on them. Family and their own personal happiness and fulfillment is critical to most top executives, and they have to get up early to do that. Does it keep them balanced? Yeah, I think, you know, get them prepared for the day. So they're, they're balanced coming in. Uh, you know, Tim Cook, who runs uh, Apple, he gets up at 4.30 every day. He's got his own, he does his exercise. 
He gets reports from around the world. So when he does come in the office, he's totally prepared, he's calm, he's not rushing in, and then, you know, everything's gone wrong. He's finding one surprise after the other and what he planned to do that day he can't do. So he's totally prepared when he comes in for any eventuality, you know, any, any comment, big comment around the world in different time zones. He's aware of that before he comes in. But he's done his exercise, he's calm, probably done his yoga and ready for the day. Are there different norms for executive routines in different countries? Yeah, there, there are different norms. And, um, you know, if you're not prepared to take a two-hour lunch, you're not allowed to work in France. For, for most uh, international people, it's the time zones you have to manage. Now, I know you're a writer, and you still write. Yeah. Do you do your writing in the morning? Sometimes when I'm sleeping, you know, I'll, my mind will start thinking about things. So... Uh, I may wake up in the middle of the night, write some things down and go back to sleep. But if I, if I have to start with a clean sheet of paper and, and be creative from nothing, then early in the morning is the best time for me to do that. What other observations did you have when you were listening to our episode? Well, one of the things that, um, you know, that people find important is meeting other people. And I thought that was a common thread through that. And I was thinking when Lamont said he got up early to have quality time for his mum, I was thinking from his mum's perspective. I bet for her that was real, real quality time to have some time with her son, to have a special moment together. And um, there's a lot of talk now in this digital age where we don't need to go out, we don't need to shop, we don't need to talk to people, we can do everything from our computer or our telephone. Don't have to talk to people, we can type it. But, the, you know, the Surgeon General, one of the things that he reports is that one of the biggest problems in the world is isolation. People are feeling isolated and they either reach a certain age or they get ill or the family moves away and they're lonely. And, you know, I, I think there's not enough opportunity now just to get out and have fun and meet with people. And we don't realise how important it is to be healthy and bright at work and to have some friends and to have a, you know, an outlet, to, like a fuse, to let off rants and raves about work and other things. And, you know, Leslie really was going running because she had a great group of friends and Lamont and his mum had quality time. And, you know, the mayor, I think he was writing his journal. He probably doesn't need to talk to anyone. He probably wants uh, time just on it by himself. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it allows people to, uh, uh, their frame of mind to be much better and lead a sort of much more healthier life, a much fuller life, to mix with other people and be inspired outside of work. Generations ago, executives in smaller towns would kind of all get up early and have, you know, coffee and eggs and gossip and, Mm -hmm. you know, catch up, do kind of some socializing at the local breakfast joint. Yeah. Are there still kind of groups of, of men that get together before breakfast and go hang out together? I mean, is that still a thing? I don't think so anymore. I think those days have gone and, uh, you know, the cocktail, the drinks at lunchtime and all of that. Yeah, those, those days have gone. Some of these outlets are when people get up early rising. They're activities for them to vent, for them to... It's like a, you know, a fuse for them to sort of release all the pressure. And I think if you're going to do that, to do something outside of work, it's probably more advantageous you know, to have somebody else to talk about all the moans and groans so when you go to work 
you know, you've had a chance to moan about it and you just get on with it. Often you can't change things. You just accept it and move forward and try and find a way to resolve it going forward. But you've had that chance to moan and groan about it before you get into work. Do we just expect high-level executive people to be early risers. It did used to be kind of a big deal. The, the executives were in the office at six o'clock in the morning and boy, you better have your butt in because he's going to be looking to make sure who's there in the morning. Do you find that still the case or do you think that that's changed a little bit? I think it's still there. I, I think, um, you know, the amount of time you spend at work doesn't mean you do great work. But, you know, if you get in after the boss and leave before the boss, you know, there's probably a reflection there. So I think it's up to the bosses to set the standard, to set the norm. They should take vacation with their family. You know, they should demonstrate the values. Now, when they get home, they can be on the phone and making phone calls or whatever else it is. But I think you need to set the norms. Now, you know, some norms might be you're in at seven, you leave at seven. That's a norm. But you don't need someone to come in at five and leave at ten. You know, it, they they got to sort of set the norm for everybody else. It's funny. And Lamont's piece... He used to come in really early in the morning because he wakes up really early. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I'll just go into the office. And he realized that his employees were basically panicked because he was there so early every day. It was stressing them out. Mm -hmm. So he made a conscious decision to not do that. So he stays home more after he's done his exercise and routine so that he doesn't stress his employees out because he said what you just said a second ago, the quality of work matters more than the seven to seven or seven to 10. Um, but I think that that's still really situational depending on the boss. Yeah, you know, we're, we're good managers are good coaches. Some of the people that we interviewed still go to bed like 10 o'clock between nine, the window of 9.30 and 10.30 at night. I'm assuming they're getting a little bit of news in, you know, or maybe cleaning up after the kids or just chilling with their spouse. And then they're waking up, you know, anywhere between 3 and 4.30 in the morning. I don't know. I'm not great with math, but that's not eight hours. Mm -hmm. Do you have a philosophy about that? Or do you have any kind of thoughts about, you know, people who have five hours of sleep or less at night? Yeah, I do. I think everyone's got their number. But I think today, medically, you can find out what that number is. There's a lot of uh, sleep tests you can have that can figure this out, can monitor your test. There's applications you can buy, you know, technology applications that will monitor the quality of your sleep, your REM and stuff like that. But, you know, I think people should aim to get six to eight, seven to eight hours sleep. So if, they, if they're going to get up early, they just need to go to bed early. It doesn't always happen, but I think more on a regular basis, you know, on 80% of the time, you need to get the quality of sleep. Now, you know, I used to think to myself, if I went to bed before midnight, I'm wasting my life because you know, there's other things I could do in the day. But as you say, if you're getting up at five in the morning, you're really tired the next day, you're not as efficient, and after a while that catches up on you. So I like my sleep now, you know, and uh, you know, if I try and get to bed by 10 o'clock if I can, and I'm up at six, and that's, that's plenty for me. If you are a leader, if you're a manager, if you're a father, if you're a mother, you know, you've got responsibilities, and your time isn't your own. When the kids wake up, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to get back to bed. Well, sometimes I do. <laughs> But so, you know, I think you have to, you know, figure out what you need to do for the responsibilities you've got. And then once you've done that, there's other things that you're going to want to do. 
and that's when you get up earlier or you stay up later to get those things done. Thank you so much for your time today. It's always a pleasure. Well, I'm ready for that cup of coffee you guys talked about. That sounds really, really good. (laughs) Thanks, Pete. Thank you. I'm Charles Johnson, audio engineer for Plano Podcast. For more information, visit planopodcast.com and click on episode resources. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time.